Welcome to the Road Student Podcast. My name is Elijah Seth Michael Muir. I'm the student pastor here at The Road in Choctaw, Oklahoma. And our purpose for this podcast is to discuss what we are teaching and questions that our students and other students uh, have about the Bible culture and things that impact our students. And so uh, we want this so that our, our listeners and, and viewers can engage in meaningful conversation and better understand God's Word. And today I have with me our middle school and high school associate. Uh, we have Briar Eaton and Zach Worth. And since we are in two separate series right now, um, we will do two different podcasts. We're doing this first one together just so that we can kind of introduce everything. But uh, so next week when we do post this, we'll have uh, like it'll be episode 2.1 and that'll be our middle school uh, video and podcast and, and then 2.2 for the high school. So um, first up is Briar. Uh, yeah. Briar, uh, what is the, I guess, the, the series you're going through? And yeah. what is it about? And what exactly did you talk about uh, last night? So uh, the series that we're going through is a four-week series called Cheat Codes. And the one thing I wanted to make sure was let our students know that they do not need to be going <laughs> home and telling their parents that I'm teaching them how to cheat because I am not. Yeah, we're not but, teaching them how to cheat. Yeah, life. we don't do that. Okay, but um, the mainly the series is about how we can find the cheat codes uh, for podcast listeners. I just did air quotes, right? But um, uh, the, how we can find the cheat codes in Scripture of how to get through life. Um, and so last night, I basically just dived into uh, how the wisdom of God comes from his word mm -hmm. and how uh, the more time you can put into the word, the more wisdom you can take out of it. Right. Um, and so it was mainly just an encouragement of uh, getting to God's word so that way you can then learn what that wisdom could be. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, I love that. Um, it's important for us to be in God's word. And yeah. so, uh, Briar, give me your definition of wisdom. So my definition of wisdom, I would say, is experience, but um, not just experience, but what you do and how you apply that experience to your life, right? Like the knowledge you get from it, how do you apply it? And so um, the example that I, I have is um, if you look at John Smith, he's the head wrestling coach of uh, OSU, not just so a random. Not from, not from Pocahontas, Yeah, right? no, no, no. Not, not just a random John Smith, not any other John Smith, right? Uh, John Smith is a, the head wrestling coach at OSU right now, which is a, a phenomenal wrestling program they have for many years since he's been there. Um, he was an Olympic wrestler, a phenomenal wrestler in high school and college as well. Um, and so if I asked him anything about wrestling, he has all this experience experience in the sport so he has all this wisdom there right um, but not just that was he literally lived it so he can sit here and talk about all this knowledge he has of the sport um, and if I hear that and I don't apply it then I'm not gaining any wisdom from him right mm -hmm. but you can look at his life and you could see he lived and experienced all of these things and he applied it to his life and so he has wisdom in that sport because he applied it um, if you talk to Pastor Rick, um, he's been at this church for over 20 years now. Uh, he has phenomenal leadership qualities. He's uh, served in ministry just even in this own our town for over 20 years. And so if you ask him anything about the church, anything about ministry or leadership, he has experience that he has lived out. And um, not just that, but it's obvious from the growth of our church and everything that he has applied that, right? Mm -hmm. He knows what is going on because of the experience he's had, and so he has wisdom of it because he applied it to his life. He didn't just see things happening and just let it happen. He acknowledged it, and he took that knowledge and applied it to whatever he needed to do in any situation. 
Um, so if you talk to him, he has wisdom on ministry and leadership. And so what I mean, I kind of brought up to the students was as far as wisdom goes in the Bible, um, if we are not putting time into it and we are not um, taking that experience that we have in God's word and applying it to our lives, then we cannot take wisdom from God's word. We have to um, put time in kind of thing. If you just leave your Bible sitting there on your desk and you never open it at all, you're not putting time in the Bible. Um, and so if you sit here and you actually put experience into God's word and you take that experience that you have and put that in your knowledge and you apply that knowledge and then boom, you finally have wisdom in God's word, but it all depends on how much time you put into it. Yeah. So then what is the the purpose of wisdom in the life of a Christian? Um, I would say the purpose of wisdom as far, I mean, in my life specifically, um, I would say when it comes to finding the purpose and wisdom uh, as far as God's word is to me, God's word is as soon as I basically like got saved, right? As soon as I gave my life to Jesus, it is now a book that I need to apply to my life because that's just part of my relationship with God. Mm -hmm. um, if you look at uh, John chapter one, um, starting at verse one, it talks about how the word was with God, the word was God, and the word was there in the beginning, right? And then if you go down to verse 14 of that same chapter, it talks about how that word became flesh, and that flesh is Jesus, if you did not know all the listeners. but um, And so whenever it talks about how the word became flesh, that in turn means that if we follow Jesus, we also have a calling to follow his word. Mm -hmm. um, it's not something simple as in, oh, I follow Jesus, but I don't read his word, because that doesn't make any sense according to mm -hmm. Scripture. Um, you can look at the life of an atheist or anybody who has studied the Bible to try to prove it doesn't like work, right? Um, they have read the Bible front to back, but they don't follow Jesus, right? And so when it comes to having a relationship with God and following uh, the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit guides you to do, it's something that goes hand in hand. It's not, oh, I'm going to read my Bible, but I'm not going to follow Jesus, or, oh, I'm going to follow Jesus, but I'm not going to read my Bible. It's something that kind of coincides to where they have to go together. Yeah, I mean, if you look at throughout Scripture, I mean, it, it talks about uh, the spiritual immaturity, mm -hmm. right? And if we're going to be spiritually mature, we have to be able to be in God's Word and, and learn. That's yep. the only way we can grow. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, you look at, uh, there's there, like you said, there, there's atheists that who probably knows the Bible way more than, than the three of us do, yeah. right? <laughs> um, but the difference is, they have this knowledge of God's word, but they don't have the knowledge of God, right? They, yeah, they, they don't, don't apply it. Yeah, they they are unable to apply that to their lives because they don't believe in God. Um, so yeah, that's good. Um, so how are we able to get wisdom through God's word? How are we able to get wisdom? I mean, I would say it kind of goes back to um, what I said at the beginning is if you're not putting time in you are not able to get the wisdom, right? Mm -hmm. um, I, the way I put it, I went to an FCA last night, is I preached the whole sermon from my iPad, and I purposely just left my Bible sitting there just as something that everybody could see, right? And I just told them if that book just sits there on my nightstand and it just stays closed, all it is is leather and a bunch of pages, right? Mm -hmm. um, it does not help me in life unless I do something as simple as just opening that book. And so as far as getting the wisdom from it, um, if I'm not even opening my Bible, how am I going to get that wisdom? Yeah, so it just it takes time, right? Mm -hmm. and, and it and what I love uh, if you if you go to the to the road, our church, then you heard uh, Rick talk about you know it's important for us to at least you know take these bite sized pieces. Yeah. We, we we try to you know take way too much, then you know our 
our eyes are bigger mm-hmm. than our stomach kind of situation. Yeah. We take we take in too much and we become like overloaded, overwhelmed mm-hmm. with what we're reading. Yeah. And so I think as you know, as new believers, for sure we need to be taking some smaller uh, pieces of God's word. And so, mm-hmm. what is the best way to get into God's word? Which I guess we kind of yeah, just I touched mean, on a little bit. Well, but. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, but one thing that I thought was really cool was um, Craig Rochelle from Life Church. I listened to one of his uh, leadership podcasts before, and he says, no matter what kind of a day he has, he has one goal of simply opening his Bible and just reading one word from mm-hmm. it. Um, and now I'm not sitting here saying that your life is set if you sit here and just open the Bible and read the word the every single day, right? That's not going to do anything for you. But odds are, if you, even on your worst days, if you open God's word, you're not just going to read the word the and then close it, right? Um, it What I feel like, in my opinion, if your Bible sits there on your nightstand, just like kind of how we talked about, and it stays closed, it's not going to do anything for you, right? Like I said, it's leather and just a bunch of pages. But whenever you open it, you are allowing the Holy Spirit to already do something different than what it could do whenever that book was closed. And so um, just being consistent in God's Word, finding a devotional that you might think is good for you, whether that mm-hmm. be our Bible reading plan or even just something on the YouVersion app. They have so many different devotionals on there. Um, you can do them with your friends, right? You can have a group. Um, I have a group like majority of us <coughs> do with the Road uh, reading plan to where um, all we do is every day, whenever we journal through um, Genesis right now, you take a picture of it, you send it to your friends, you have accountability. And so as far as getting into God's word, um, I feel like it's just as simple as picking it up and getting into it, but not just that, staying consistent with it. Yeah, it's definitely a, a discipline, right? Yeah. And I think that's uh, probably why, you know, Craig just talks about opening God's word and just reading something because yeah. it's it's still practicing that discipline. Yeah, even if you're on your worst day, and maybe it is one of those days. I don't think God's going to be mad at you if you've had one of those days, right? I don't think God expects us to read the Bible front to back every day, mm-hmm. right? But um, even if you are at least reading the one word, that's still discipline in your life. Yeah, um, I think uh, I think that it's important that we definitely remember that mm-hmm. it's. You know, sometimes we, we feel like it's just checking a box. Yeah. But and and you may feel guilty about that, but you know, just checking the box every now and then at least helps build that discipline. Mm-hmm. Or even just like whenever you are um reading God's word, right? Like if it's a long chapter, if it's like sixty verses, something like that, like if we got into the book of Psalms, like that, uh, that's a that's a long chapter sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. Even if it's simple as you just open the Bible and you read until the Holy Spirit reveals something to you and then you close it. It, as long as you are building consistency, that helps you stay in in tune with what God can do in your life through His Word. Yeah, and not just reading it, but mm-hmm. you know, actually applying understanding. It. Yeah, it and understanding. Applying it. Yeah. Something I think of is um, with when we come to reading the Bible. <clears throat> we have a compa- like in general in society, we have a comparative issue, right? Not just talking about scripture, but just like we compare ourselves to other people. And it's like, man, we, they was we for me. An athlete, I mean, I'll, when I was playing sports, I was like, I'll never be at this level, right? Because he looks, he looks his way, he plays his mm-hmm. way. Or maybe it'd be when we go through social media, it's body image issues. Like we as a society, I think, have a comparative issue, just generally speaking, where we struggle comparing ourselves to other people. So then what can we, how do we apply it to Scripture? It's like well, our, our walk with God is we sit here and we look at someone who's been following God for 40 years, right? And they've disciplined and they've daily walked with God and they've gotten to a point where it is just a habit and they can't not go a day without God's word. Mm-hmm. But for me, say, say, if it was, say if I was just a new Christian, and like, man, I'm not going to look like that 40 person who's been following God for 40 years. And so when we compare ourselves to that person, it discourages us. I think we need to have a perspective of 
man, throughout Scripture, is, it, our relationship with God is described as a journey, mm -hmm. right? We talk, we're talking about becoming a child into a man, right? But maturity in our spiritual faith, it's like it doesn't happen overnight. And so just being consistent in your reading and say, man, like, I got something from this today. And as you do it consistently, you're going to read more. You're going to understand more. You're going to look up and it's going to be 30, 45 minutes have passed or whatever time limit has passed. And it's like, man, like, I yearn and desire to be in God's word because you've consistently done it. But if you don't consistently do it, it's like, man, I've been in God's word for, I've been in God's word for three days and I just like, I can't get <laughs> back into it. It's like, well, yeah. you, you have yeah. to daily train yourself, right? Yeah. Daily, Paul talks about training in the in scripture right training yeah, that third day of working out you know you're so sorry oh, yeah. i really don't feel like going back and doing squats yeah, yeah. <laughs> i don't want to do squats for a leg oh, leg days but no but i mean and you i mean you think of the word wisdom what do you think of i think of wise people like i think of people who Ooh, have wisdom people. who have experienced life and yeah everything. i i mean first thing that comes to mind is like someone old right yeah or like yeah. like older. yoda older or older, older. I, no, I think it's someone like man. I think it's someone's got gray hair. You know, the, the old wise <laughs> man that's got all the secrets. Elijah? Do what? You don't think you're wise? No, I, got, I ain't got any grays yet. <laughs> so, um, but that just shows, like, you know, when the Bible talks about uh, spiritual maturity, right? There's a difference. You know, you can be mm -hmm. an old person but be super spiritually immature. Yeah. Or you could be a really young person but still have really good spiritual maturity. Mm -hmm. Um. So yeah, no, that's good. I, I love that uh, we're we're diving in uh, into understanding the cheat codes of life through yeah. through God's word. So mm -hmm. looking forward to to hear more about that uh, for the weeks to come. So Zach, uh, can you give our listeners uh, kind of the what our um, series is for the high school, what it's about, and and what y'all talked about last night? Yeah, so we're we're super excited for this series. Um, it's called it's called Rebels. Um, it's based on a book by Sean McDowell, who's a respected uh, theologian, apologist in the Christian community. Um, it's called The Rebels Manifesto. And so basically what this book is doing is it's walking through these different world issues that are becoming more and more prevalent and more and more accepted um, from a cultural standpoint and saying, like, man, what does Scripture say about this and how do we interact with this in a Christ-like way? And that's really mm -hmm. our goal of this series is and just to be honest, because, like, honestly, the church is... So kind of become quiet on a lot of these issues like for the sake of tolerance or for the sake of uh, not sounding judgmental, right? But you can speak on these issues, but not not do not fall into those two mm -hmm. categories. Because the reality is, if we truly believe that Scripture is 100% true, then we need to be presenting the truth on these issues. And so that's our goal is to just give our students, and, and honestly, anybody who listens to this podcast, tools to put in their toolbox, toolbox as they leave high school and go into college or just interact and in, in the world, real world, how to interact with these issues mm -hmm. in a biblically informed manner, but also in a manner that is loving and Christ-like and allows God's glory to be shown through them. Yeah, I think that's definitely the most important part is understanding that in this rebellion, it's it's uh, not like how the world mm. you know defines rebellion or, or what we think about when we hear re uh, rebel. It is uh, it is through love, and and I love that you brought up uh, you know equipping our our students for when they when they leave because um if you look at statistics of of students who leave the student ministry and, and go into college a lot of them uh leave the church and part of that uh through some of the reading that i've done is um churches have failed to equip students they've failed to equip them to 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 face uh, people with different opinions or or to have an answer or just be able to have conversation with people who uh, believe something different or who uh, 
you know, kind of attack their, yeah. their belief. Um, and so that's, that's part of why we want to do this podcast is so we can go a little bit deeper and, and, uh, help equip our students and, and even our parents, uh, having them, uh, be able to hear this and, and have conversation and engage with their students. Cause you know, they are the key discipler of their kids. So, um, all right, Zach, then why, why are we supposed to rebel? Yeah. So I was looking at this question. I think it's important how we how we frame this question because we need to understand first and foremost what it is we're rebelling against. Why mm-hmm. is there a need to rebel in the first place? Um, and Romans seven, which is it's one of my it's one of my favorite chapters in Romans because it's just such an encouraging chapter. What I mean, what I mean by that is Paul is someone who we in the Christian in the Christian, in the Christian community hold like in such a high esteem because he was just like this mega evangelist, mega like, apostle. Like I went around did all these things was like shipwrecked, beaten for the name of Christ. And we, we, we look at him as like, man, he did all these things. Like, yeah, he did all these things. But yet in this in, in this section of scripture, we see this vulnerability in humanity almost in Paul. Where he's like, man, like I struggle with this sin. And he's like almost like a frustrated tone. He's like, I can't get over this. Like, I can't beat this sin. Mm-hmm. Um, except in going to Romans 8 1, we're talking about, but but there is freedom in Christ Jesus. And we're not gonna get into that today. But in Romans 7 18 says, For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh, for I have the desire to do what is right but not the ability to carry it out. In the NIV, it says, For I know that good itself does not dwell in me. That is my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. And really, when you look at this, the word study on this and the back, the back end of that, I'm not going to get into all that today, but like what he's saying is like, man, in the present and in the future, I have no ability to not sin. Mm-hmm. He's recognized that like, I am utterly hopeless to not be able to sin. And you apply it to Romans 3.23, which says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, we get this picture of within humanity that we cannot not sin, right? And we, we know that we have, number one, we're rebelling against our own sinful nature. Mm-hmm. Number one, we're like saying, man, daily I'm putting to death the things in my life that are not honoring to God. I'm rebelling against my own desires. And then once I do that, I can more effectively rebel in, the, in society against, this, against what the world says is right and what the, world, what the world says is okay, which is more and more becoming anti-God and what he has to say. Mm-hmm. So I think there's twofold here about what we're rebelling against, personally, but also in the world in general. Yeah, that's good. Um, oh, I, I forgot to do the next part. The why rebel. So that, so that leads to the question, like, why rebel, right? Yeah. We talked about that. So why, we rebel is because it's, it's demanded like of God that to be holy. First Peter talks about this. Is, As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but as he who called you is holy you also will be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. And this is cited from Leviticus. And so a commentary that I read on this is the Holman New Testament commentary. And what something they have to say on this verse is that holiness includes a specific moral sense of separation from evil and a dedication to life of right living. So, I mean, what does this mean? Right, hol- holiness and what we watch, what we say, and how we spend our money, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And for me, kind of like, I want to be, as we'll go through these series, like especially with uh, with the high school podcast, because that's what we'll be covering as Briar will be in middle school. Like, I want to make sure we have a sense of, of transparency with y'all, and know, so you don't think we are just perfect. Like for mm-hmm. me, like my past, my struggle, my thorn, as Paul would put it, is that like, man, like I struggle with pornography in my past. And it's like, man, it's been a struggle, and it's been something God has thankfully delivered me from. Um, but for me, it's what it looks like now is pursuing a lot of holiness. Is like, man, like I go down and watch a show. Maybe I'm not even watching that show. I'm, I'm just watching a show because I heard it's a good show. 
right? But, a, but an inappropriate scene comes on the screen. And not that I was looking for that, but I knew, I knew it was a possibility of it because you see the ratings and it describes stuff that might be in it. And so but I still made the conscious decision, go watch that show. Mm-hmm. And it, it'll lead me down this rabbit hole of, man, like I'm going back to that same sin. I'm opening the door instead of locking every lock and trying to shut that door as much as possible. I'm just like open that door wide open for that struggle to come back into my life. So, man, it's like being, not that we're going to be perfect, right? Because we're not going to be perfect on the side of reality. But we need to be committed to living a lifestyle of holiness. And that is not presenting opportunities for us to be compromised, for us to compromise our own personal personal walk. And that enables us to more effectively rebel and stand on God's truth in society. Yeah. Yeah, and Scripture talks about us being like the light of the world, right? And the only way we can be light is if we are following Jesus, if we if we know God's word, right? Mm-hmm. We're applying that to our lives, yeah. um, and it's to to be different. I mean, that's I mean, that's what rebellion looks like. Is I I want this to be different. Mm-hmm. I'm 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 not gonna uh, be a part of. I'm not gonna conform to whatever this is. Um, so you guys talked a little bit of. Now, I didn't get to, to get to listen to y'all teach uh, because, you know, you both teach in different times. But yeah. uh, what I know is that, you know, you, you touched on Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the, the book of Daniel. And I think it's got great uh, example. I mean, Daniel was a, a, an amazing man, one of the very few that, you know, you read about. And you don't really hear much, much of his yeah. flaws. Right. Mm-hmm. But uh, his friends, you know, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, you know, how, how did they you know rebel? Mm-hmm. And this, this is such a. Um, when I was looking at this, is something I want to point out before we get into that is that like in Daniel in Daniel three thirteen when it talks about Nebuchadnezzar, it says and then Nebuchadnezzar in furious rage. And so if you know the story, it's they he demanded that people bow down to him. People mm-hmm. bow down to this this idol that this image that he had made. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, despite what everyone else was doing, decided not to. And he brings it to him. He's he's just mad. And it says he is furious because they had not given in to what he wanted mm-hmm. what he was saying was true they, he, they had not bowed down to what the w- whole world was doing and so for us i think there's some application there for us when the world is like a lot of times at least in my experience when I, whenever if i stand true to what scripture says not that i always do so sometimes i, I fall right i mm-hmm. fail and i don't oh i'm not perfect but whenever i do stand firm it's like man there's, there's outrage from the world like man you they, you are not tolerant you are being you're disrespectful you don't have any love in you because you're not going with what the world says mm-hmm. and there's a constant pressure and i want to speak into that it's like for our students who are listening whoever's listening is there is pressure and we recognize that pressure to compromise and to give in because of what the world is saying and we know that the pressure you're facing if you don't they get they, they'll they'll do all kinds of things to try to get you to compromise um but when we look at shadrach meshach and abednego with nebuchadnezzar being furious mad he's threatening to throw them in a furnace furnace we don't see any hint of anger or, or hatefulness Really, if, I'm not going to read all the scripture, but in verses 16 through 18, they really just say, "Hey, like, we're not. We have no reason to give you a response. Mm-hmm. But here, our response is: we believe that our God will deliver us. And even yet, if He doesn't deliver us, He is still the one true God. Mm-hmm. In the face of all of it, they, they they didn't waver. They stood true to what they knew to be true, which was, it's God is the only God, and that's the only one they are going to worship. And it wasn't hateful. It wasn't full of personal desires for personal gain. He just said, "Hey." Let God be glorified by us standing on this truth. And that's all. We don't have, he didn't have to give all this long, drawn out thing. It's just God's word is true. Yeah. And I think that's the the difficult thing about, you know, this call to rebel is we are asked and called to rebel in a certain way, which is through with love, mm-hmm. right? 
um, just like uh, Jesus did in, in, in a non-combative way, just like uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did, mm-hmm. right? Um, but the, the really tough part about it is the way that the, the world responds to that. Even when we're trying to do it the right way, um, the, the world still responds like we are doing it wrong or mm-hmm. that we are hateful. And it's like, no, it's, it's just, you know, we, we're called to live this way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we, we, this next part, we didn't get into this next part, but I kind of want to go into this is the back half and the ending of the story. Um, what, what happens, right? What happens because of Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego's faithfulness to stand on God's word, mm-hmm. right? Allowing God, I think we don't miss, we miss a lot of times that when we stand firm on God's word, we are allowing him to work through us. Mm-hmm. And that's what he does, right? So they stand firm on God's word, they come and they throw him in the furnace and they're safe from it. And then you look at the end of the scripture, it's like, man, Nebuchadnezzar lets a decree out and he says, blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who sent his angels and delivered his servants. Who trusted in him and set aside the king's commands and yielded up their bodies rather than serve and worship any god except their own. And he goes on and basically, I make this decree that you're to worship God, right? And it's like, man, like this awesome, this, this like super powerful nation, King Nebuchadnezzar, Babylon, mm-hmm. super powerful, one of the most powerful nations of the time. And these, it was changed because of the faithfulness of two, three guys. Mm-hmm. So, what does that look like today? Is what if a, a generation of Christians stood firm on God's word and allowed God to work through them and another powerful nation was changed for the glory of God? In the form of the United States, yeah, um, yeah, it is like even if we feel like things aren't going right or you know it can't get worse than this, there's still uh, the way that we're living our life still has that impact, mm-hmm. right? We may not know it, but it still has that impact. All right, so how does knowing God's word, word, which I, I love this question because it kind of it it brings both of our series together, right? And so. Um, yeah, how does how does knowing God's word help us rebel? So, the thing I, I think about is like Satan's sole goal is to hide truth from us. Mm-hmm. Right? He wants to hide the word of God from us, whether it be um, busyness, whether it be video games, whether it be truth or moral moral compromises, whatever it might be. He he is he, his sole goal, right, is to keep us from a relationship with God or keep us from a deeper relationship with God. He's going to do whatever he can to do that, right? First Peter talks about that. The devil walks around like a, a prowling like a roaring lion, looking for who he can devour. Mm-hmm. His sole goal is to harm our relationship with God, or to keep us from relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we we understand what the enemy is trying to do is to give us a better platform to really understand the importance of knowing God's work. What I said last night in the, in the lesson was, man, we can't stand on what we don't know. Mm-hmm. We can't stand firm on the Word of God if we don't know it. And so if we don't know God's words, we open ourselves up to the same thing that happened back in Genesis one. Or not Genesis one, but later on Genesis three, with the fall, yeah. and when he when he comes to even the serpent says, "Did God really say? Mm-hmm. Did God really say that this homosexual? Did God really say that marriage between a man and a woman for for the whole the whole entire life? Did God really say that you're supposed to be pure in all your thoughts, pure in all your actions, right? And so that means that we we shouldn't consume pornography, right? And the list goes on and on. That's just a few of the topics we're going to tackle in these podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we don't know God's word, we open him up. It makes his, make his job so much easier to affect or harm our relationship with God. Not that we're losing our salvation. Let me make, make sure I'm clear about that. But to drive a, put, like, put some separation between us because we are just giving into sin over and over again. It just makes an ineffective believer. Ineffective, exactly. Right? And so we need to know what God's Word says because if not, we're just making Satan's job so much easier in our mm-hmm. lives. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, I've 
kind of like, I mean, me and Zach are, Elijah didn't really get the you know, text messages this morning, so but cute. me and Zach are literally wearing the sweatshirts that um, it, you cannot lead anybody to do anything if you are not learning it and living it, right? Like mm-hmm. we have our sweatshirts, learn, live, lead. Um, and like you are not able to live out, kind of like you can't do what you don't know, like what Zach just said. Um, but as far as like leading people to Jesus, right? A lot of our students, I feel like they learn it and they just immediately want to jump to leading, right? Mm-hmm. They don't they don't think they need to live that life first, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just not how it is, is if you are not invested into God's word, um, you cannot rebel in the correct way, right? I mm-hmm. mean, a lot of our students, they may want to rebel against what the world tells us to do, but really they're still partaking in what the world tells them to do yeah, while trying like a- to lead them to something that... They don't really. It's like live. a selective rebellion. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, right. And that's just not what it's about. And um, it's all about living out what you learn, right? Um, I'm not going to learn how to give, give, give in the Bible, and then the first opportunity I have to give, decide, you know what, I'm going to save that money, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or whatever it is, whether it's giving your time, your your just like attention to somebody, whatever it is, right? Um, you don't want to try to lead somebody to do something if you're not living that same exact thing. Yeah, same true in our lives too. Yeah, like yeah, we, like we like we don't, we're talking about our students and stuff like that. But for us too, like as leaders who are setting an example, like I think there's we can be transparent and say there's some days we fall short on that too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want us to think like, oh man, like we expect y'all to be at this standard and y'all aren't doing it. But at the same time, like there are sometimes that I fall short. Mm-hmm. I want them to understand that it's like, man, like we are growing together in this ministry. Yeah, and one of the things that I love about our our staff um, and many of our adult leadership that we have part of our student ministry is they have this willingness to be honest and be transparent because mm-hmm. you know if we're not first honest with ourselves then then we really can't grow we can't mm-hmm. uh, figure out what's going on in our lives that isn't right mm-hmm. to be able to live a life that is holy yeah. and uh, pleasing to God. Um, but yeah, and and to the the last thing I want to say about your the the learn live lead. Um, you know, if you're if you're learning something and you're not living it, uh, and you're just you're just kind of learning, and you're reading, and and it's just kind of off to the side. Yeah, um, you could be learning something that isn't completely true or mm-hmm. completely what yeah. God is saying, and now you're trying to lead other people to the wrong thing. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're leading them in a way that is is not how God designed, right? Mm-hmm. Or you're, you're you're sharing some truth that, you know, it, that whole you know this is my truth. No, 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 no. There's one truth, right? Yeah. It's it's God's yeah. word. Um, but that's what Rick talked about that yeah. on our head pastor on Sunday. He was like, "Man, we have it. We're in this generation. We're seeing people who are maybe forty years old, but have the maturity of a twenty-year-old spiritually speaking. Mm-hmm. It's like you are these people who are tasked with leading God's flock, leading the body of Christ, and they are just from the pulpit saying things that are just not consistent with Scripture. And then mm-hmm. you have a whole mass of people who are pulling into the next generation, their kids and their grandkids, and it's just." This downhill effect. It's like, man, going back to what we talked about, it is so important to know the word of God. Mm-hmm. If you don't, like, man, you're going to be tossed to and fro, right? It talks about kind of learn, live, lead. When we go, when we a man who goes, I can't, I'm not going to be able to quote it exactly, but he looks in a mirror and walks away and forgets what he looked like. Mm-hmm. But the role of scripture, when we consume it and when we study it and we we let it work in our lives, is number one, show us what truth is, but number one, two, it it reflects our false, our our, our shortcomings to ourselves, mm-hmm. and right. Kind of talking about that, like we learn that and we see that, and we have to act on that so that we can better and better lead people and better understand this dynamic of our relationship with God Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and ourselves. And so important, but sometimes we're just like, nah. Kind of, I told my guys last night, we as a generation, I think we've become kind of biblically illiterate in a way. Oh no, we definitely are. Like, like, man, like, (laughs) like, what is what is it like? These simple things that we learn in, in 
Sunday school, it's like, man, I can't even like explain what Jesus did on the cross. It's like, man, like if you don't know what the gospel is, that's the foundation of everything else mm-hmm. that's in this book. And so we yeah. have to be committed to understanding scripture, to understanding what God's word says, because through that is what life change happens. Right. Mm-hmm. You think you think about sin. Right? Sin is utter darkness. You think, you think about that. Sin is the definition of darkness. And you look at what scripture says, God's word and what God is. And James talks about it. He says he's he's pure light, right? In him there's no variation of shadow. That's what James mm-hmm. says. So we're struggling with sin. We have sin in our lives. And it's pure darkness. It's utter darkness. But yet we don't consume the one thing that is the only thing that can combat it, which is pure light. Mm-hmm. We try to do it our own, our own, our own merit, and we fall short every single time because the source of to combat that is pure light, and that is the word of God. Mm-hmm. And that is why it's so important to read God's word. Yeah. Um, well, we need we need to wrap th- wrap it up. So I've got uh, just two questions to to leave our listeners and, and viewers, um, just to help you guys kind of think a little bit about what we've talked about and um, and to engage with each other uh, when you're you know with your friends. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first question is: If you're faced with the truth, would you accept it, even if it challenged your current beliefs? And then the second question is. What are some areas in your life that you know that you need to rebel like Christ? Mm. So, uh, Briar, would you like to pray for us? Yeah, sure thing. Let's pray. Um, Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for just allowing us to get to come here and have this opportunity to just dig deeper into your word. And um, God, I pray for all the listeners that are listening today that um, they can just see that the purpose that they have in a relationship with you, that, Lord, they're able to uh, listen to all the details of what we're talking about, and whether it be wisdom about God's word or rebelling against what the world calls us to do, that, um, Lord, we are able to just stand firm where we are and not side with the world, but instead side with you. Uh, Lord, I pray that we are able to dive deep into your word uh, throughout the rest of this time in this podcast and um, just being able to focus on whatever it is you call us to do. Lord, I thank you for this opportunity to get to spread your word to anybody that listens to this. God, it's in your mighty name that I pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Uh, Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you guys next week. See y'all.